listening to Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life podcast. I'm Janine Strong, and every two weeks, I have an inspiring conversation with an ordinary person living an extraordinary life. It is my hope that through these podcast conversations, you will be inspired in some way to be more of your best self. My conversation today is with Deb McCullough. Having always been fascinated by the psychic and spiritual realms, Deb McCullough moved away from a 26-year career in the banking industry and chose healing as her next career focus. Over the years, she has studied and taught meditation and was a coach with Landmark Education. She holds numerous healing modality instructor certificates. She is a gifted intuitive trained in remote viewing and has studied under masters in spiritual healing from South America and Europe. She's trained in Reiki, Orosoma, mediumship, sacred geometry, theta healing, healing touch, and believe it or not, more. (laughs) She works as a medical intuitive and she's actively engaged in remote viewing projects focused on social change. Hi, Deb. How are you? Hi, Janine. I'm fabulous today. It's Ooh. just such a beautiful day. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. And I'm so glad to hear you're fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have a, a fascinating life. I also, we didn't mention, but I also happen to know that you're a horsewoman and you're actively been working with horses for, I believe, pretty much all of your life. So I'd like to start with your journey. How, I mean, you, you know, you were in a very shall we say, straight-laced, traditional career in in banking, and you climbed the ladder, and uh, and then you chose to move into the psychic and spiritual and healing realms. How did that all come about? I'm I'm chuckling because the way you say I chose it, I think (laughs) it chose me. I think that's how it actually worked. I understand, (laughs) yes. (laughs) You know, back years ago, I just turned 65 this year, just to to give you a sense of of my age. Mm -hmm. But so back in the 70s, um, and I was in high school in the 60s, so back with the hippies and so on, uh, I learned Transcendental Meditation when I was 16. And it was because of my mom, who who was a healer in her own right. And she introduced that to me. So all these years, I've meditated for most of my life. We did all sorts of really fun, interesting stuff. We were doing some levitation back then. And uh, you've got to remember, it was the 60s. Yes, yes. So that, that's what we were doing. And uh, my father was a banker. Mm-hmm. So I had tried two other paths for careers, and they hadn't really turned out. And my dad said, well, until you figure out what you want to do next, let me get you a job in a bank. So that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And 26 years later, uh, I have been branch manager. I have done internal training positions for the Royal Bank. And when I finished, I was part of the risk management team for Western Canada. So I was a problem solver. Mm-hmm. So I got to see all the really weird and crazy things that can happen out in a branch. So how I got out of that was there came a point in time when they eliminated my position. Mm. 
Oh, that's a good way to leave. <laughs> that's one way to go. <laughs> Was that the universe knocking on your door? And <laughs> well, you know, I am a loyal, committed kind of person. And you know what? I'd probably still be there left to my own devices. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's probably I, what would have happened. I do understand. <laughs> so I knew I didn't want to go back into a branch. So I ended up uh, taking an early pension and leaving mm -hmm. and ended up going to work in a small financial planning company. But, you know, finance was always a job for me, even though other people might have seen it as a career. It was a job for me. Mm -hmm. And one day I knew I was done in the financial industry. I knew it. Um, and I can I can tell you later why. But. I think this is an important piece. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was driving home and I was stopped at a stoplight in rush hour traffic. And from somewhere deep inside me came this out loud statement, whatever's next, bring it on. <laughs> it wasn't a conscious thought, but it seemed to come up from the, the depths of me. So two days later, I was walking into a, a meditation slash spiritual healing group that ran in Calgary for about 30 years. This amazing man who just passed uh, at age 90, he ran this group out of his home every Monday night for years and years and years. And I wa was walking into this group with another woman I knew her first name, that was it. Mm -hmm. And this fellow's name was Hub. And Hub said, pointed at us actually, and he could be a little gruff and we would tell him that to his face. But, and he said, you two, you need to go talk. <laughs> so off I went to another room with this woman and I'm sitting there shrugging my shoulders and she's shrugging her shoulders and she doesn't know and I don't know. And then she goes, oh, you're going to work for me. <laughs> and I remember sitting there thinking, hmm. And I think I said, uh, do you mind me asking what you do? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> and she said, I'm a doctor. Mm -hmm. So I went from finance to doing full-time energy work. I was hired as the director of the energy medicine division within her private practice here in Calgary to develop energy medicine within her practice. And I went in a month and a half. I was full-time doing healing work. Wow. Now, was she an MD? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty uh, progressive. Very. You know, it's a it's an amazing medical practice. Within its walls is physical fitness. There's a, a gym, a small gym, mm -hmm. and a woman who has many many degrees and qualifications. That's running a fitness studio. There was uh, yoga, holistic nutrition. Within the walls, there is a small lab and x-ray. They wow. looked at the functional medicine, integrative medicine, and really interested in, in 
seeing a whole family. So looking at the whole genetic line of a family and what was going on. Mm -hmm. And what year are we talking about here? 2008. Wow. That's, that's really awesome. So, so you said you went right into energy medicine. I mean, had you already had training or? I had, as, as you said earlier, I was always really interested in psychic intuitive ability. I was the kid in the 50s standing on my bed, looking out my bedroom window, looking for UFOs. Because <laughs> there was a lot of them back then. I know, least, I know. So the news said, now I never saw one, mm. but I was always fascinated with all of that. So over the years, I'd taken all different kinds of courses and sometimes not even knowing why. I connected fairly early with my guides And we all have guides and angels. Mm. I tend to resonate more with the ascended master's energy than the angel energy. Mm -hmm. And I'd been working with my guides for a long time. And sometimes they'd say, you have to go do this course. And I'd be like, no, I don't want to go and learn about alchemy. Don't tell me I have to for four days to still plants. I don't want to go. And my guides would go, go. And I'd think, well, I'll meet someone there. No. And I'd finish it and I'd go, well, that was a bust. <laughs> but, you know, I, and I say that because our soul has a direction it wants us to face. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if I'd known back then that I'd be doing what I do now, Left to my own devices, I would have done anything not to do it because it's so far out of my, the realm of my self-image to be doing this. I'm a banker. <laughs> that's how I identify. I, okay, so that was, that's what I was going to ask is that you identify in a more uh, traditional, although it sounds like your mother wasn't traditional sounds like your father was which you know that makes yes. sense but it sounds like you you didn't particularly have a, a a strong traditional upbringing yes and no my mom's bent towards spirituality and faith mm. led her into some ways of healing she was a, a reiki master mm-hmm She used to do healing with colors. Mm, mm -hmm. In fact, my mom was the first person to bring religious science into Calgary. It used the first religious science church used to meet in her basement. Wow. That's what I was going to ask you is is if she was more religious. Well, spiritual, probably. Mm -hmm. But with a kind of a religious background. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Wow. Did you sit in on any of these sessions when you were a kid? Well, I did, but it didn't interest me much. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, as I got a bit older, more and more it interested me. Mm-hmm. But I lived a pretty traditional life. I was married when I was 20. I, you know, I had a son by the time I was 23. I ended up as a single parent at 26. So it's, it's, it, I have sort of a very traditional background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
I've often found it interesting. I have a traditional background and we were not particularly religious at all. We just went to church once in a while. But my sister became a Presbyterian minister. And for uh, many years, I was a Wiccan high priestess. <laughs> I just, oh, I wow. Thought, I thought, wow, how, how did that How did that happen? You know, we're both like entrepreneurs. We're both very non-traditional. And it just, I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> So your background, your background doesn't have to mean anything uh, related to the direction that you end up going in. <laughs> My soul had a plan. Yes, yes, so. and all of us do. What was the first training that you you did in this area? Did you find interesting enough or draw you in enough that you decided to jump on board? Oh, boy, that's a great question. Let me look back. I think I mentioned back in my in my teens, I was studying transcendental meditation. And we did a lot of different things that might have not been within that realm. Mm -hmm. But we did it anyway, we were doing levitation, we were doing remote viewing, we were doing connecting to spirits on the other side, all of which I honestly don't know is traditionally within transcendental meditation, but that's what we were doing. Now, the levitation is, I remember, because I started TM in the 70s. Mm -hmm. um, I had a wonderful teacher in Geneva. My parents were living in Switzerland. Um, she was from Iran and an older woman, and she mentored me in TM. But I remember that that, that was the levitation and some of those other kinds of things were kind of a higher, uh, a more advanced. Those are more advanced levels of, mm -hmm. of TM. And then I can't say I had any real traditional training, but I always wanted to be psychic. Mm -hmm. I thought it would be amazing to be psychic. I wasn't born that way. But, you know, that's just a muscle that you can develop. Mm -hmm. It takes some practice and it takes some dedication, but it's something anybody can develop. So, so you I feel would... anybody can with, that has a desire, a strong desire. They can absolutely. Uh huh. Do you have um, hmm, maybe some tips for say there's someone listening who really feels they're not psychic, um, but they would like to be, or they'd like to be highly intuitive, or just just more connected in that way. Um, any anything that you could suggest to them to a place to start? Uh, absolutely. Ooh. This. <laughs> <laughs> this was one of the best exercises I was I've ever been given I think over the years to get started mm. the first thing you do is sit and meditate for anywhere from five to ten minutes now I mean just meditating not asking questions not trying to connect just centering your own energy so would that include for someone who's not not experienced, uh, maybe just watching your breathing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Breath is a great way of doing it. Putting on some music that would help. Mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. the Hemisync music, mm -hmm. which was developed by the Monroe Institute. Right. I know there's lots of others out there, but I'm not as versed in the other musics. I know quite a bit about Hemisync. 
So that doesn't mean the others aren't good. I just don't know them. So you're not adverse to using like a, a binaural beat meditation tracks where you use headphones to do this? Absolutely not. Okay, I am do what works. If it works, do it. That's what I think. I'm a pra- I'm kind of practical. <laughs> so I think in any skill that we're developing, do what works. Mm-hmm. There's lots of different ways to develop intuitive ability to connect to our own spirit. And yet over all of the eons and the centuries, meditation has been the traditional way of doing it. Okay. So then I would say, once you've got your energies set, use something that you can record with, whether that's your phone or a handheld recorder, something like that. Mm -hmm. So you go to voice memos or whatever on your phone Mm -hmm. and ask a question, a question you'd like to know the answer to. Okay. And then just start to talk. Hmm. And then... Once you're finished talking, turn it off and listen to what you said. You're going to be amazed what you've recorded. Do you think this is better than writing? I think writing works too. I do like the idea of talking, and here's why. If you're ever going to work with someone, Mm -hmm. you're going to be talking out loud to them. In most Mm -hmm. cases. Mm -hmm. So why not, if that's of interest to you to do that, why not start there Mm -hmm. rather than to have to learn another skill later? Oh, I think that's an, excuse me, that's an excellent idea because I learned to write, but um, it was also probably, this is a long time ago before, you know, there were little easy phones and things to record on. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I like this idea. I hadn't heard of this. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Continue. No, no worries. The thing I didn't put in at the beginning is when you sit down to do that meditation, dedicate the meditation to that divine source intelligence. Mm -hmm. Okay. There is an intelligence that runs through everything. And we can connect to that. So set an intention that that's what you're going to do. You might even want to write the questions before you sit down to meditate. Mm -hmm. The clearer the question, the clearer the answer. Yes. So if you take a bit of time to develop the question, Mm -hmm. that can also help this. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you start to speak, even if you're saying, I don't know what to say, this is stupid, it's never going to work for me, just keep talking. Yes. And if it isn't the first time that there's some real magic in it, then there likely will be the second or the third time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had a real master once say to me, never predicate your opinion of your meditation based on your own experience say that say that again say that again never well what he was really saying was just meditate don't worry about if you think you're doing it right or wrong 
Mm. or if you feel like you had a good experience or not. Mm -hmm. Meditate. Dedicate yourself to the practice. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a part of me that wonders if that's just to prove to ourselves that we're committed (laughs) (laughs) or whether or not I don't know. I'm I'm a bit of a skeptic sometimes. No, I skepticism's or, good. Healthy, health, healthy. I think there's a difference between healthy skepticism and somebody who just can't, you know, wrap their mind around anything other than what they know. So this fellow that taught me this method, mm-hmm. he used to take groups of people out to one of the amazing parks here where I live and they'd walk in the park and talk into their recorders Mm. this meditation doesn't have to be just sitting you can be in movement it's all about quieting the mind I love that idea I hadn't thought of that when it gets nice out I'm gonna try (laughs) I'm gonna try a nice walk and yeah and just take it take your phone and just talk into it what an awesome idea yeah. So I ask my guides and my angels to be with me mm-hmm. to help support the understanding that will come through in the recording. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I, I would like to add that I know when I used to do this with writing, um, because you you mentioned just just talk and just say whatever. Uh, I would just I'd I'd write. Why am I doing this? This is really stupid. I'm not getting anything. I'm just blah blah blah. blah. And then all of a sudden. It was like a light switch went on and it would it would start making sense and and start coming through me in, um, you know, words of wisdom. So mm-hmm. the same thing, like you said, when you're talking, just just blah, 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 until until it starts until it shif- uh, shifts or switches over into sentences. <clears throat> I think, too keep in mind that sometimes the answer won't come through at that point. It might come through later today, the next day, somebody will say something to you and I say, Oh, there's the answer. Mm -hmm. Psychic intuitive ability comes in many different shapes and forms. Sometimes it's a knowing, sometimes it's words, sometimes it's a picture. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, there's when it it will come a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and then all together you have a sense of what's really going on mhm mhm i i tell you i was thinking the other day i'm so grateful that i live somewhere where water is plentiful because i get a lot of information in the shower <laughs> You know, if I lived in the Caribbean or something where you pull a pull a chain, uh, you know, just to get a little water to shower with, it it wouldn't be as as effective. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do that's that's one of the places walking, um, driving without uh, having the. I usually listen to podcasts when I'm driving, but having everything quiet uh, while I'm driving in the shower, I, I'm just amazed sometimes at at the information that pops into my head. A lot of times it's something that I've been pondering and then let go of and then things just start coming to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Someone told me something when I first started working in the medical practice because I was scared to death. 
I didn't know really what I was doing from a business point of view. Mm-hmm. I'd seen a few clients, but it was just on the side. Okay. And now all of a sudden I have three doctors who are just sending me their patients and not even telling them why they're coming to see me. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's go. And I remember one day uh, I was talking to Tammy, who is the fitness trainer on staff, among many other amazing things she did. But she could see how nervous I was. And I think she was tired of looking at me that way. <laughs> and, and she said to me, she just looked at me and she said, do you want to know how to be the master of what you do? And I said, yes, mm. I do. I said, really? She said, do you really want to know? I said, yes. She looked me right in the eye and she said, be the master. Mm. It's not earned. It's not granted to you. It will come to you through a declaration. Oh, fascinating. I love that. Be the master. Just be the master. Because we do have a tendency to think that it's something that you earn. We do, don't we? Once I know Mm -hmm. enough, then I'll do it. Right, right. And it's a trap. I think, because I, I know for myself, I always feel, have a tendency to feel like I need to know more. I need to learn more before I'm ready or, yeah. Hmm. Be the master. I like that. Because I'm telling I mean, you have guts, girl, to have only, you know, worked uh, with a few people here and there on the side and then to join a medical practice and have doctors sending you clients, patients. Wow. I, I can well, just imagine how scary that would be. You know, and it's not that I hadn't done years of readings, mm-hmm. just never done it or saw myself as doing it as a full-time position. Mm-hmm. It had never even crossed my mind to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'd get into a session with someone and I'd be like, okay, because I'd been working with my guides for a long time and I'd be going, you better give me something good here. I don't want to look stupid. <laughs> not Maybe not so spiritual, but it's like, you hey. got to have my back. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I don't know how often I go, hey team, come on, I need some help here. Let's Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Yeah, don't. <laughs> so some of the most amazing information came through from that from that place of mm-hmm. give me something that they will understand, that will connect them to what spirit wants to say to them. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I am clear that spirit, If spirit wants to get a message through to somebody, that's going to happen whether I'm the messenger or not. Okay. And I know that I have complete free will and choice whether I want to be the messenger in that moment or pass that on. In fact, from what I've been shown through my guides, it's almost celebrated on the other side when I honor myself. If it's just not the right time, if I'm at a dinner party and some information comes through, I can say no Mm -hmm. because spirit will get that message to them. Now, over the years, I've really 
discovered that I'd rather play than not play. (laughs) But at the beginning, there is times I wouldn't pass something on. But almost always that point would come up some other time in a conversation. And I think to myself, boy, if I'd say that, I'd been a rock star. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So there's no requirement. Once you start to develop your intuition, your psychic ability, you're going to get more and more information. Mm -hmm. But there's no forced obligation to pass it on. Got it. And it does seem that the more you exercise this muscle, the more you work with it, the more you get. It's almost, sometimes I get this sense of of the team or the guides or whatever, like, oh, she's finally going to, you know, she's listening. She's finally going to use this. Let's give her more. <laughs> I think that there's something to be said about that because your your strength of listening, your ability to hear develops. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I I worked part-time, like after I was done at the medical practice, I was working for myself, developing my business, and working part-time in a very well-known spiritual slash bookstore here in the city that unfortunately is no longer here. And I walked in, they were having an open house. I walked in and one of the psychics that was supposed to be there hadn't shown up. So I stepped in and I don't know how they did it. They put two lists up for me and people were signing up. And I think I did like 29 readings that day. Wow. And I can tell you by the end of that day, I was whipping them off. <laughs> because I was in that energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your point is well taken. The more you work with it, the more you're going to receive information, the more comfortable you're going to get with the information that you're getting. I have been shown that I will never and I am never shown something that somebody wouldn't want me to know about them mm-hmm. or that would embarrass them. Mm-hmm. That's just not the information that I receive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because when I do readings, I dedicate it to divine spirit. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you that for sure, but I think that plays into it. And I think trust is a big aspect, trusting what you're getting. Yes. That took time. Mm-hmm. I had to learn that, trust me. Ah, okay. It didn't happen naturally. Okay. Was there anything in particular that helped you to trust what you were getting? Feedback. Mm-hmm. People's feedback. I remember this woman I worked with in the medical practice. She'd slipped on some stairs and um, cracked a vertebrae. Mm. And I was doing uh, healing touch. I had her on my table and I'd ask my guides to come and help and ask divine source. I often use the word creator because it's a nice generic word Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, to be with me to assist with the healing And there was partway through the 
the protocol with the healing touch, I heard this amazing voice that came from outside of me that said, are you ready for an instant healing? And my first answer was no. (laughs) (laughs) Not me. (laughs) And then there, and then I paused and I went, yes, I am. And then there was a pause and the same amazing sound. It was more a sound than a voice, but I I don't know how to distinguish them. Hmm. Said, it will not be instant, but it will be extraordinary. Oh, my. And a month later, they x-rayed her back. And where there had been the crack in the vertebrae Mm -hmm. looked like it had been healed for a year. Wow. Like it was healed. So now imagine this. So there's there's feedback. And then about two years later, I ran into that this woman at, a, at an event. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, can I tell you something? I've never told anybody this. I said, sure. And she said, do you remember when you worked on my back? I said, yes. <laughs> she said, I heard a voice that said, are you ready? For an instant healing. <laughs> and she said, I said no. Uh, uh. So any of this work is a, it's a partnership. It's a partnership with the divine, with your guides, your angels, with those on the other side, and the person you're working with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to hear that as this isn't, your responsibility to get this stuff done. That's a good point. So me as a healer, I'll do, I'll show up. I'll show up and do my part. And that's the part I can be responsible for. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, do you have to be psychic to be a healer? Are they two separate things? Do they go hand in hand? How do you see it? Uh, No, they don't have to go together. I know several, I'm thinking of one woman at the moment. She's an incredible healer Mm -hmm. and very, 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 very occasionally will get some kind of a psychic hit Mm -hmm. from the people that she's working with. Uh, The woman that was the head of Healing Touch for years said she never saw anything. She never really even felt anything, but people would get up from her table feeling better or no, their knee was no longer swollen or so the Mm. same is with meditation. I don't think you can judge or evaluate the outcome based on your experience. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I would think it would be hard if you're not getting some kind of feedback. And I, and I don't mean the person like telling you, but some kind of, of uh, feeling in your body or a, 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 some kind of a sense or information um, that something's happening. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you have to wait for somebody to, you know, to bump into somebody a month later and for them to tell you that, wow, you know, that pain I had in my knee has been gone. 
um, it, it would be hard to keep going if you aren't getting some kind of consistent information about what you're doing. I, I would agree. I would completely agree with that. So then you ask for that feedback. You ask your guides, you ask divine source for that feedback. I know for myself, when I first started to do the work that I do, I think I over, I did too much. I would sort of overwork with Mm -hmm. someone. Mm -hmm. And to counteract that when I realized that that's probably was not actually a benefit to the person I was working with, I asked my guides to tell me when the session's done. So even though I have a time limit, because people book with me within a certain time limit, Mm -hmm. I now know, okay, it's done. And then maybe I'll do a little meditation with them or uh, have them look into their future to see how they would like their future to be or talk to them in a different way. But I stop working with them. I don't know if that made sense or not. Mm, No, no, it did. In other words, you don't feel like you have to fill the time if if you're done, if you're done, you're done. And then you can do something else with them. Yes. And sometimes my sessions, they go an hour to an hour and a half. Sometimes I've been done in 40 minutes. I do a session I don't do an hour's work with people. It's just how sort of how I framed it for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So if if you are done in say forty minutes and mm-hmm. um, you've set aside an hour and your client has set aside an hour, do they ever feel um, like they got the short end of the stick or? <laughs> You know, that that, that uh, you, you haven't done, you know, the, well, what, psych, psychologists and psychiatrists, the 55-minute hour, you know. <laughs> well, no one's ever said that to me. <laughs> so that that's what I can report. Okay. No one's ever said that to me. Well, and if you get results, what difference does it make if it takes 20 minutes or an hour? I mean, it doesn't have to uh, take a long time. And I think part of it is... Your belief, you know, if it has to, uh, yours and the clients, right? If, especially the client, I would imagine if they believe that something needs to take a week to heal, if they don't feel that it can happen in in a, a compressed period of time, then it probably can't. I don't know. What What's your thought on that? Great, great point, Janine. It's whatever people believe about their healing is likely going to inform and restrict what's possible. Can you change that for them? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we all have beliefs and ideas and perceptions that govern how our world shows up. Right. Well, Okay, let me, before you continue, because I have a little uh, quote from you, and why don't I insert that right now and we'll move into beliefs. So this was something that I 
I don't know if it was in my notes from some training that I've had with you or if it was off the website, but the shape and direction of your life is dependent on the beliefs you hold about yourself and about life. Your whole life is affected by what you believe. So that's from you. I wanted to, I wanted to put that in and let's move Mm -hmm. into beliefs then. Okay. Okay. So science knows it's been proven that what we think and what we believe actually can influence everything around us. So if you think there's a lot of angry people out there, you'll find a lot of angry people. Mm-hmm. And it's been proven, the double slit experiment, some other amazing experiments have actually proven that we can influence people, places, and things. Now, how that happens, not so clear yet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The, sp- the people in the spiritual conversation have some pretty good ideas that could be pretty much on the right track. And science is now just going, okay, how can we prove that? Um, I know there's lots of people out there doing it. I think if anybody wants to have a good read about it, they might want to go and have a look at um, the IONS website, and that's I O N S. And it's the, com? Yep, I think it's .com. Okay. It's the Inst- Institute of Noetic Sciences. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. And they are doing some really amazing things in bringing science to spiritual understandings. Mm-hmm. Cool. Great scientists, uh, a doctor too, some uh, well-respected scientists on staff doing some great experiments. Mm-hmm. Cool. I will make sure it's .com and I'll put a link on the website. Okay, good. So because of that, because our beliefs and our ideas shape everything around us, when we have a deeply held belief, and I mean a belief is something we believe is true, mm-hmm. it may not be, But we believe it's true, like money is hard to make, Mm -hmm. or you have to work really, really hard to make money. Mm -hmm. These are beliefs and ideas that can be widely held by a lot of humanity. Right. These beliefs sit in our subconscious mind, and we even forget that we have them. We may have gotten them from our ancestors. We may have gotten them from past lives. I've seen too much not to believe we haven't been here before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so these ideas and beliefs shape our world. When we can discover what those are, and one of the ways I do that is through the techniques offered by Theta Healing, Mm -hmm. which means using the Theta Brainwave to do the healing. They can be changed really simply. Cool. And it's by engaging with that divine source energy to make the change. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I like that. There is this, uh, this is a, there's a fellow who came to see me and I remember I, I worked with him for a while and 
I was talking about the difference, like what would a good life look like? Mm. Does it look like dedicating your life to service to mankind? Or could it be, you know, drinking margaritas on the beach? <laughs> I could. <laughs> Those are two and, very different things. <laughs> very different things. I was talking to him about what what really matters is what is your relationship with yourself? Mm-hmm. Because I think what we come we come here into this life to have a a deeper and more expanded experience of self, and that's what we're up to, I think. Mm-hmm. Then there's lots of games we play, true, which is learning lessons and facing challenges, and oh, but I think that's more the game. Yep, I think they are to. games. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I remember he called me a few days later, and he said, "I left that session thinking now she's gone too far." <laughs> She's gone too far telling me this. She's telling me that I can influence everything around me by what I think, and she's just gone too far. <laughs> and he said that he was, it was a few days later, he was driving down the street. And he, we'd had the conversation because he'd said to me, I always get green lights. When I'm driving, he said, 95% of the time I get green lights. Mm-hmm. And he says, are you trying to tell me that's a belief? And I said, very well, maybe. So he said a couple of days later, he's driving down the street and he's going through a green light and he looked over and there was a woman sitting in a car crying. So she was at the stop part and he was going in front of her. And he had the thought that where she was going was likely more important than where he was going. Hmm. And he got the next red light and the next red light and the next red light and the next red light. He said he went from 19 to 95% green lights to 19, 95% red lights. Interesting. Because he questioned whether he deserved the green lights. Before that hadn't been a green, hadn't been an issue. Mm-hmm. He just got green lights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he was like, can I have that belief back? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So that was kind of a pivotal moment for him. It was. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. So life does occur around us the way we think it will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, let's just say I think there's a lot of angry people out there. I don't, but assume that I do. Okay. That's my reality. That's my energy creating all around me. Now, if I come into your perception, mm-hmm. now here's where you have responsibility. Okay. You have 100% response ability <laughs> to my energy. Mm-hmm. So you could walk away, you could do some work on yourself, you could make yourself impervious because you would feel it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, just left to its own devices, you'd probably get angry at me for some reason. Mm -hmm. But you would probably walk away from that interaction going, what was that about? I'm never angry. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I don't believe and I uh, that we create 
everything out in front of us. I think we influence some things, and I think that some things are divine destiny. Mm-hmm. That whether they're going to turn out good or bad, they're going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we've chosen it at a soul level from that original soul's plan. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we just stub our toe. I think it's a bit of a disservice for us to believe we create absolutely everything in right. front of us. Right. Well, I think that would be more logical if we were on an island all by ourselves and not interacting with other beings who also are creating and responding and reacting. Yeah, because sometimes my little sphere of world of influence, my my bubble bumps up against yours. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, the same thing keeps happening over and over again, you can bet. I've got something to say about that. What's going on here? (laughs) Right, right. That would be one way where we would uh, be able to tell that, okay, this this is probably something I need to own. But sometimes, you know, the, the, the whole idea of being a victim to me, that's where we're we're not owning our part in an interaction. <clears throat> Excuse me. How how do we how do we get out of that? Because mm. I see a lot of that around. It's you know, it's all because of someone else or something else. Or in my mind, I'm thinking. So, what are you owning in this? So in this life, there's what happens. This stuff happens. Mm-hmm. It's snowing. I went out earlier and shoveled the snow off my my driveway. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Then there's my description or my analysis, my story about what happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I could add to that, it's so cold and I wish it hadn't snowed and how stupid was I yesterday at Canadian Tire, I should have bought more ice de-ice, some more de-icer and, you know, there I go again, I'd forgotten again, I never, you know, my memory's going, I'm 65, maybe my memory's bad. (laughs) (laughs) So that's all the story about what happened. So what happened was I went and shoveled and I had no de-icer to put on my sidewalk. And then all the rest is story. Mm -hmm. Now, I made up that story. Right. I made it all up. Because when you can separate what happens with the story that you're assigning to the action, that's when you have freedom to change the story. Mm-hmm. But you really have to get, you made it all up. It doesn't mean that you couldn't get other people to agree with your story. But there's no freedom from that story unless you can see it as something constructed something that you've decided to interpret and possibly believe about what happens. And because it's all made up anyway, all of the stories are, pick Mm -hmm. a story that empowers you. (laughs) 
I could have made up a story and I probably did at 26 years and they're eliminating my job and I'd been in a bit of a middle of a, of a disagreement about something that was happening and there were sides and there was some political stuff going on and I could have made up a whole story about they fired me, they kicked me out, they, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But in fact, is that an empowering story? Nope. Nope. Did I make it all up? Sure. What happened was my job got eliminated. Mm-hmm. Period. Everything else made up. Deb, do you have any theories about why people tend to go to the negative when they're making up their stories? It's all about survival. I just asked, in fact, in case you want to know, I just asked my guides. Mm -hmm. And my guide said, it's survival. Hmm. It's about staying safe. If we have a belief or an idea about life that is, it's a go-to for us that keeps us safe, it's part of our safety toolbox, mm-hmm. we're hard-pressed to let that go mm-hmm. unless there's another way. Yes, there has to be another way. So... Almost all of these really deeply held beliefs Mm -hmm. that have a negative impact on us is about keeping us safe. Mm -hmm. But notice how those beliefs just makes our makes our world and our experience of life smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm, I like that. I've never heard anyone describe it that way as making our world smaller. I think that's really an important point. Living a conscious life isn't easy. (laughs) It's simple, but not easy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've often said there is something to the concept of ignorance is bliss. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I remember I called a friend back a while ago, and I was, she's an amazing um, uh, psychic, intuitive. Um, I've used her as a personal and a business coach a few times. And I phoned her one day. I was very, I can't even remember what it was. I was really upset about something and I was complaining and I was, you know, how dare they? And just that complete victim. It usually sounds righteous when I'm doing it. At least I think it sounds righteous. Of course. And of course. <laughs> and, and she's just listening and listening. It was one evening and she just said, so. I'm going to ask you a question. I said, sure. She said, when are you going to give up that story? <laughs> and I went, midnight. And she said, okay, come tomorrow. <laughs> I love that. That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to give up that story? Wow, that's great. I'm writing that down. <laughs> hmm. I realized back years ago that I had a choice about how I feel Mm -hmm. about things. And I just don't want to feel bad about stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just really don't. 
And I'm pretty certain it's usually my story that makes me feel bad. Mm. Now, I think that our emotions are our gifts as long as they're pure in the emotion. So even sadness and grief and sorrow and anger, if they're pure, they're a huge gift to us as humanity. And one way to distinguish whether they're pure or not is if the words around their feeling are I, 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 and how dare they, and I, 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 and well, I think, and I, I, I. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying things to yourself that are derogatory, that are demeaning, or make yourself less than who you really are, you're telling yourself a story. That's the whole ego construct that does that. That's not who you are. Mm -hmm. So you can just notice it and just I go, I go, spirit, take this. I don't, I don't want this. I want an understanding about what's happening that's empowering. And sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes it is no. Or sometimes I'm shown, well, my boundary isn't good there. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, something else comes up like that. Mm -hmm. And then I have to take a different action or look at things differently. But it's really like, I don't want to feel bad. Right. I've been uh, doing something just in the last week or two uh, when I go to bed before I fall asleep. I've been, um, you know, bringing bringing energy up from Mother Earth into my body, and and with the intention of clearing whatever negative garbage from the day, my thoughts, my you know whatever I'm spinning, and then moving all of that up to Creator to transmute it and just let it go and sort of clear it all out so that I can start the next day fresh. And I've been finding that's been helping. I love it. What a beautiful way to go to sleep. We do so much of our spiritual work at night. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you're really clearing the space for that. That's extraordinary. And I see it as kind of like little bubbles of light or mm -hmm. little flecks of could be metallic pieces or I don't know what it is. It just it all just floats up to source mm -hmm. and and just, you know, just let it go. Because I can spin stuff pretty well. <laughs> Can't we all? <laughs> wow. Well, it's not that we don't fall into the pit of, of the human emotion, of the human frailties. Mm -hmm. I think it is. I think the 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 thing to to look at though is how fast can you get out yes how do you handle it how do how you handle it? it yeah it's not that you're not going to have challenges in life but mm -hmm. it's about how you handle it yes we can always ask divine source for perspective and understanding on a situation mm -hmm. now i'm also pretty clear that we have to ask that there's nothing in this creation that would step over our free will. We do have to ask. Good point. So asking for perspective or understanding about what's happening 
Because have you ever noticed when you understand, you might act differently, you might take a different approach. It's all about raising the vibrational understanding that we have. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The human spirit craves and desires to have its highest expression, Mm. not the lowest expression. Mm -hmm. We just have to assist spirit's ability to move us. And that's by don't get so committed to the negative interpretation. If you're thinking something's true, question it. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you're thinking something's true, question it. Everybody write that down. <laughs> Unless you're driving, of course. <laughs> yeah. See, if you can see everything in front of you as creating rather than created, mm-hmm. then you can't actually judge it. You can only judge something that you're holding like it's created, like it's locked in stone. Interesting. If you can see something as in motion Mm -hmm. or creating, then you have the ability to move it. Yes. Manifesting Mm -hmm. and creating is about power with what's happening, not power over it. Mm, Say that again, please. I think that's important. So manifesting is about working with the working with power with something not power over it mm-hmm. everything in creation has divine intelligence mm-hmm. it's about working with it not trying to change it or fix it got it so when you can see it as creating you can understand you have an ability to move it Would you say it's similar to the idea, what just came to me was it's about co-creating rather than manipulating? Yes. Well said. Okay. Well said. Wow. I'm so thrilled with this conversation, Deb. I really think you have thrown out a lot of information and inspiration that can really help move people forward and out of their stuck space. I think to me, that's really a lot of what you're, you're doing when you're working with people is moving them out of stuckness into flow and freedom. Thank you. I think that all this work is about creating a space that the person understands that they can heal They are healed, or even the whole concept that there was something wrong no longer exists for them. And it's the same with the body. It's about opening a space for the body to do its natural healing. Mm -hmm. Removing the blockages. Yes. So the body can do what it's meant to do. Hmm. That what it's designed to do Mm. and what it inherently knows what to, how to do do and what to do. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, we're getting to the point of, I think it, we need to wrap up, but because I really think um, 
the idea of remote viewing is very important. Can can you just touch on that just shortly, just to give people an idea of what is remote viewing and how do you use it? Mm. Yeah, certainly. It's about using your mind's ability, your third eye, to see somewhere that you're not. So I could, Janine, I could tune in to you and where you're sitting and what your surrounding is like. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, we all have skills and we have things that we're not as good at. Consider it like this. Um, Back in the day, I was really fit. Uh, I was a swimmer, so I had really good cardio. Mm-hmm. So if you had picked me for running, for a running team, you'd want me on the long distance team. Mm-hmm. I'm not super fast, I'm not built to be fast, but I could run forever mm-hmm. because I had really good cardio. So the strength for me was long distance, Got it. not speed. Mm-hmm. And we all have our, our strengths and our abilities. And so one of the things I'm very good at is tuning into people's consciousness and see where they're at and see what they're up to and see what their soul's commitment is and where is it going and Mm -hmm. what's the likelihood of their next choice. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm really good at. I'm not really good at finding people's lost keys. (laughs) I do know a few people who are very good at that, but it's not a strength of mine. Mm So for me, uh, while I could tune in and look at the surroundings of where someone is, I can do it. It's a strength I've worked on. Mm -hmm. So I would say I'm competent at it. Okay. But if you want to know about the people that are there, I'm the one to call. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, wow, what a segue. So how do people get... How do people get a hold of you if they would like to work with you? Well, I do have a website. Okay. Uh, it's dot com. Okay. ThetaHealingCanada.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. They can, my email address is there or they can give me a call. Okay. Awesome. And I will have a link, of course, on the website. Great. So you obviously can do sessions at a distance. I can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you prefer phone or Skype or Zoom or what do you what do you prefer? I'm I'm fine with any of them. I usually ask my client what do they what would they like? Mm, okay. I find I don't use Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me it's usually Skype or FaceTime or WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. has great cameras, um, something like that, or just straight. I have clients that just want phone. They don't want anything else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Something that um, Spirit has been calling me more to do, Janine, that you may not be aware of is to work with those that have crossed over. Mm-hmm. And to really have the people that are here that are still here on the planet have a deeper understanding about what that person's life was about. Hmm, Interesting. So so it's almost like a soul reading as to 
why that person, why they were connected, Mm -hmm. what their purpose was, um, just more understanding of those that have left. Mm -hmm. We have an epidemic in Calgary of of crystal meth and uh, overdose overdoses and um Mm. there's been some people come to me the last while that have lost loved ones because of this and and my guides are just telling me it's time for me to move i've always done this work but they're just saying it's time for me to focus a little more and through their urgings that's why i'm saying this Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) interesting yeah that sounds Fascinating. I can think of several people I would like to have you tune into and find out uh, more about their role in my life now that they're gone. Interesting. I've also done it actually the last little bit with a few dogs that have passed over. Mm. It's amazing what those those animals' souls were up to in the families that they were with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say that um, Misty is... She's not calm. She's never going to be calm. But since you worked with her, she's definitely been calmer and not quite so over the top when other people are around and she gets so excited. (laughs) So I thank you for that. You're very welcome. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything that you would like to say that you haven't had an opportunity to before we wrap up here? I think that once we've had an experience of connecting to our own spirit, our own energy, our own soul, that life is never the same again. Mm-hmm. And that connected place, it brings clarity, understanding. And just re- leads to such a rich life. Mm-hmm. Mm. So however we do it, I encourage you. Go work with the energy. Move the energy. Understand it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's where humanity's going, into heart-spaced energy. Yes. Thank you, Deb. Thank you so much. I really really appreciate this conversation and I so appreciate who you are and all of your gifts thank you it's been an honor thank you take care all right bye everyone bye thank you for listening and thank you so much Deb McCullough for sharing your experience your knowledge and and your wisdom your vast wisdom I know each person listening uh, has at least gained a few nuggets of inspiration. The podcast website is realjanine.com. You can listen to and download each episode. You can check out the show notes that are there for my guests. You can also sign up for the podcast bi-weekly blog newsletter to keep up on new episodes, archives, life updates, and always a yummy recipe. And remember, Janine is J-A-N-E-A-N. Subscribers have been emailing me recently expressing their gratitude and enjoyment of the newsletter. I really appreciate that. Thank you. To subscribe to Keeping It Real with Janine, please go to iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. 
and I have a Keeping It Real with Janine YouTube channel and I'm creating video slideshows of all my conversations. Uh, if you would like, I'd love it if you could help me out and just go to YouTube and subscribe. I do see the subscription number is going up slowly but surely. Do you know someone who would benefit from my conversation with Deb? I know you do. Please share the love. Thanks for listening. Take care and be well.